There's a pretty nice view from Mountain View. I said Kathleen MacArthur to her friend Judith Wright on a bright summer's day. And I don't know about you, but my greatest fears are that someone will take all this beauty away. So let's fight, oh let's fight for it, I say. Wattle Fritters for Tea, a lunch hour theatre script by Kathleen MacArthur. Kathleen MacArthur was chosen as the Sunshine Coast Daily's Sunshine Coast Citizen of the Century in 2002. Papers reported she'd won the Citizen of the Century Award as she had not only fought and won many significant battles for our waterways, beaches, wildlife and landscapes, but played a pivotal role in educating the public to an awareness of environmental fragility. Our programme is about wild food in Australia, so we will begin the menu by introducing you to wattle fritters. Slowly our culture evolves from the early cultivation of English manners in the serving of cucumber sandwiches for tea to the homely pumpkin scones. On the approach of the 21st century, we have arrived at the maturity of doing our own thing with wattle fritters for tea. It is simply frittering of us. A wattle poem. The wattle has inspired many Australian poets, but it is very interesting to note that one of the prettiest poems about our national flower was written by one Miss Veronica Mason, who, though a Lancashire girl by birth, learned to know and love the wattle during her residence in Tasmania. Here is her poem. The bush was grey a week today, olive green and brown and grey. But now the spring has come this way, with blossoms for the wattle. It seems to be a fairy tree. It dances to a melody and sings a little song to me, the graceful swaying wattle. See how it weaves its feathery sheaves, before the wind a maze it weaves, a misty whirl of powdery leaves, the dainty curtsying wattle. Its boughs uplift an elfin gift, a spray of yellow downy drift, through which the sunbeams shower and sift, their gold dust o'er the wattle. The bush was grey a week today, olive green and brown and grey, but now it's sunny all the way, for all oh, the spring has come to stay, with blossom for the wattle. Can I tempt you with wattle fritters, flavoured with fresh blooms, from which you can choose your own liquid spread? Honey at tea time, or a spoonful of cocky's joy drizzled over bacon, in emulation of maple syrup on pancakes? Maybe the menu needs a little dressing up with innovative ideas. There could be a variety of wattle flavours, as there are so many acacia species. Just think! A different flavour for every month. Perhaps the Caloundra Fish and Chip Shop might be persuaded to offer an alternative to chips with fish and wattle fritters. It would be a case of the fritter in season on the menu. If it is a dessert fritter, sweet wattle flavour would be in order. Lamb's tail wattle fritter might have a cream cheese filling. And June wattle fritter definitely for seafoods 
with scallops or mud crab filling. The possibilities are endless. Thinking about the possibilities stimulates the imagination. Takeaway fritters wrapped in golden grease proof. Never plastic for such a gourmet delicacy. Featuring the flower of the month with a snappy little verse to tickle the ear. Wattle blooms cooked in batter, served for luncheon on a platter. We could run a wattle fritter competition to get lots more of these snappy little verses. For litters of fritters come to Calandra and dine al fresco on a beach veranda. Perhaps a herbal tea would go well with fritters. Carrot cakes are popular, so why not wild carrots with a herbal tea of Amelia? It is a great joy and gladdens my heart to notice an Amelia growing cheekily in such places that are regularly targeted by council workers with spray packs. The pretty harmless little creature. It is eaten by little boys and poisoned by big boys. Think about how we already associate cask wine with the Coolabar tree. And it is an easy, catchy name to roll around the tongue. So what better for Wattle than Kutamundra as our trade name? But wait, that species doesn't grow well up here in the subtropics, so we may have to keep that for the export trade and use Kalula, Karura, Karoiba. But of course it would have to be Kaloundra acquiring fame from trade. There's a long way to go, but it's going to be great fun. There are all those colloquial names as well, like Silver Wattle, Sally Wattle and Black Wattle. Just think we could serve fritters with raspberry jam and whipped cream and call it Blood on the Wattle Fritter, with a picture of Henry Lawson on the golden wrapper. Blood on the Wattle. So we must fly a rebel flag as others did before us, and we must sing a rebel song and join a rebel chorus. We'll make the tyrants feel the sting of those they would throttle. They needn't say the fault was ours if blood should stain the wattle. And what would we drink with our fritters? For tea time, Twining's Earl Grey seems called for, or maybe some budrum coffee with a nip of Bundaberg rum after dinner. How are your taste buds responding? Bundaberg rum and it's overfruit rum We'll tan your insides and grow hair on your thumb Let the blue ribbon beat on his empty old drum For it's waterlogged belly but we'll stick to our rum Once upon a time in the distant past when our beaches were only used by holidaymakers at Christmas and Easter and they, for lack of boardwalk promenades with the plastic-coated tables and seats, free electric barbecues, litter bins to match, the makings of a city, our visitors picnicked on their backsides on the sand and threw their scraps into the bushes for the wildlife. Seeds from their Christmas watermelon sprouted and produced pie melons, huge melons cushioned in the grass, just waiting for the provident housewives to carry them home in their coolimans for jam-making and pie fillings. Indigenous people of the area made flour from the root of a species of blechnum fern that grows in our coastal swamps and associated wetlands. It is a well-kept secret held by the people of the Dreaming where to find the sugar bag of the native bee who process this food 
And if you were to obtain the secret, you would then have to be able to climb the tree with an axe in your gob or pocket and hang on with one arm while you hacked it out. Living on wild food wasn't meant to be easy. For the best wild honey, you have to be an early bird or the honey eaters and lorikeets will beat you to it. If one were to be ravishingly hungry, it may not be too difficult to eat fat white grubs. Imagine them in a curry cooked in seaweed. The term witchetty grub covers all those fat white grubs which are the larvae of moths and beetles. The term witchetty grub is most commonly used for the larvae of a tree-boring moth, the larvae of the cockchafer beetle, including our golden Christmas beetle that chomped through our garden garbage. It would seem, though, one needs to be very hungry to investigate their culinary possibilities. Perhaps it is enough for us well-fed cultural parasites to know that they are edible. To carry on with the story of big white grubs as wild food, a quote from the Little Fishers of Pummerstone Passage, Tom Petrie's story of Cobra. A favourite food of the Aborigines of Pummerstone Passage was a shipworm they gave the name Cobra. It was a long white grub and it lives in old wood rotted by seawater. These grubs they ate raw. And why was Cobra called a shipworm, you might ask? That goes back to the days of sail, when the hulls of ships were made of wood and their progress by wind power was slower. Slow enough for the worms and barnacles to attach themselves and start chomping away. Now, with metal hulls and faster knots, they must feel greatly deprived. How to be sorry for worms? And while we're gormandising on seafood... We must gather some yuguri for a dish of chowder. American-style southerners called these mussels by the name pippi, a Maori word. But when in Queensland, it's polite to give them their native name of yuguri. The yuguri is an endangered species, living as it does between high and low water, which is now used as a traffic road by vehicles on many of our beaches. The most magnificent of native trees is surely the bunya pine. Bunya pines are now so scarce that it's uncommon to find them on public property in Caloundra. We Queenslanders are not at all enterprising in developing the natural fruits of our land. Put to the test, you would certainly find the majority of us have never tasted bunya nuts. Now so scarce, it's like getting to the field mushrooms before the Farlow boys scoop the harvest. Of course, they don't appear in the supermarkets and only very rarely in the fruit shops, so we wouldn't recognise them even if we saw them. The Evans family of Cooperoo owned two trees and liked theirs roasted, but the Colonel liked his boiled in the corned beef water. When roasted, the nut is floury and can be easily pounded into flour, from which excellent cakes and biscuits could be made.
This podcast series was produced by the Sunshine Coast Council Heritage Library with the support of a strategic priority grant from the State Library of Queensland. This series was produced in 2022 and may not be reproduced for any commercial or non-commercial interest.